welcome back to the cycle 365 this is episode 14 we're recording on december 12th 2019 so today we're gonna oh sorry i'm one of your co-hosts simon villanos cody stoffer and happy birthday to my sister trini who turns 10. And you know we're recording this at the end of finals week, so we're all we're all a little bit brain dead, and you know. I'm not brain dead. I only oh. had two. Okay. I'm moody well, right now. I'm I'm, we're both emotionally distressed. Just <laughs> <laughs> so we're you know we'll we'll see. As seniors, we we got a lot on our plate. Anyways, we're here to talk some uh, sports as always. So we're gonna continue the top five conversations, uh, players of all time in NFL history. We're going to start with inside linebackers today. So let's just go around. Jesse, you could start. We'll say our list. We are doing outside linebackers first. Inside, inside. Inside, inside linebackers. Yeah. And then we'll do uh, honorable mentions at the end. Okay, so my top five inside linebackers. Number one, Ray Lewis. Number two, Dick Buckus. Number three, Brian Erlacher. Oh. Number four, Luke Keekley. And number five, Teddy Bruce. That's okay. That's a good one. So my my list for both inside and outside are definitely, you know, subject to change. I played linebacker, so I had a lot of heroes. Wait, are we doing outside linebacker too? No, 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 no. Just, no, just inside first. Yeah, just inside. But yeah. So like I said, mine is up to change. But number one, Ray Lewis. Number two, Dick Butkus. And number three, I have Mike Singletary. Four, Jack Lambert. And then five, I threw in Patrick. My number one is Dick Buckus. Okay. My number two is Ray Lewis. My number three is Ray Nishk. My number four is Jack Lambert as well. And my number five is Mike Singletary. Mm, okay, okay. So we all kind of had Ray Lewis up there at the top. Yeah. You know, I mean, despite his off the field uh, activities. He is one of the best linebackers to ever play the game. Oh, Absolutely, yeah. and he could do it all. Yeah, when you think of middle linebacker, you usually think of Ray Lewis. At least I just when I think of linebacker, I think of Ray Lewis. It doesn't oh, matter yeah. inside or outside. Just when I hear the word linebacker in the NFL, I think of Ray Lewis. Yeah. See, when I think of when I think of middle linebackers, I think of Dick Buckus first. That's true. And then Ray Lewis. Because yeah, I, I feel like depends. Buckus Sorry, like Buckus opens the door for yeah. Lewis to be the kind of player that he is. The only thing yeah. the only thing I think about why I mean I think me and Simon have Ray Lewis number one, that's who we think of is I mean, I'm sure we have our fans out there that know Dick, Buck- Dick Buckus and have, like, we're back from that day, but for the newer audience, I think they think of Bray Lewis as the number one guy. No, but Dick fair. Buckus, he is that guy, though. There's a reason why every, like, linebacker of the year award is named after him on the high school, college, and, you know, pro level. Mm-hmm. So, he's that dude. He's a bad guy. I'm like, I'm, I'm okay with him, like, you know, being at number one. Yes, I mean, either yes, one is either one and yeah, two. Yeah, they're interchangeable, but yeah. definitely one and two. Okay, all right. Well, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, they both kind of, I guess, change the game in their own ways as leaders. They embody what a defensive leader should be, because your inside linebacker should be like yeah, the, the heart and soul. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Defense. And then going Ideally. off, of, going off that to my number three, Ryan Erlacher. He may not be statistically the best linebacker there is, but his leadership was unprecedented. Yeah. He's one of the best leaders to ever play in the NFL. In, in the NFL. That's fair. Offense and defense. No, that's fair. He, I, I'll be honest, I kind of forgot about him. But He's even, in my honorable mention. Don't okay. Yeah. But even if I did, like, he'd probably be in my honorable mention, too. 
He is, he's good. I think if he won a Super Bowl, that might have put him over the top. Okay, I mean, we talk about pretty this. hard to win a Super Bowl when Jay Culler calls out sick <laughs> in the NFC Championship game. No, yeah. I know. <laughs> Trust yeah. me, I know. But, like, it's, you know, he's, no, the respect is there. He's, he was a one of a kind type of guy, you know. I guess one of the more early on uh, cover inside linebackers, one of the better ones, mm -hmm. for sure. He played safety in college. Yeah, so, I think yeah. the reason he's in my top five is just because. I think he's the baddest dude on the field at any time. He's playing. That's fair. Okay. Number one hair in NFL history, too. Yeah, bald. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> he said number one hair. <laughs> well, I see you guys talk about like leadership and stuff, and that's why I have Ray Nish at number three. Because he was a part of that dominant run by the Packers in the 60s where right. they won like five NFL championships, including the first two Super Bowls. Mm -hmm. And he was the heart and soul of that Packers defense that's still to this day, one of the best to ever do it on the field. And he was like the face of the Packers defense. And I think that's why he was my number three is that, you know, he was arguably the most important player on one of the most important teams ever. Well, that's fair. That's really hard to argue against. I guess for me, I have more recency bias, you know? So like, I'm more like leaning towards people that are like, I guess closer to when I was bored and watching football, which I feel like is natural. But no, that's, I mean, that's fair. That's fair. So I'm not even going to argue that. Mm -hmm. And then going off of that, I, I've never, I've looked Keekly at number four. He's currently playing. Um, yeah. He's in my honorable mentions. Yeah, same. I think, I think he's, he's my top five is because we go back to this whole conversation about talent and everything like that. Like Luke Keekly is playing with the best talent to ever play in the NFL right now. And he's still dominating everybody. Yep. So, I mean, that's why I have him there. Yeah, that's fair. He's an athletic freak. And he's he's a student of the game, too. Like, the amount of preparation he puts in every single game, it's uh, it's impressive. You know, it's something for all you young inside linebackers or linebackers out there to pay attention to, for sure. I've seen Luke Keekley single-handedly win games. Same? Yeah. 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 Too bad he didn't win that Super Bowl. Too bad Cam Newton didn't win that Super Bowl. I know y'all love that. We did. Yeah, we really, we really do love that. <laughs> I was back. Oh, yeah. It was a funny story. I was back at, at Hastings, and I was watching the game on big TV, right in my room. Door was open, so everyone could walk by. And I was like, "There's a few Broncos fans there. Most of the people are Packers fans in Nebraska, which is kind really? of funny. Yeah, that's weird. Or Kansas City fans. So, oh, okay. Like, just to see Bron the Broncos win it. I literally ran up and down the hall of the dorm room just like back and forth screaming, we did it, we did it, for a good five minutes. It's <laughs> good stuff. It yeah. was a good dub. Alright, so um, I had Mike Singletary on my list at number three. I had him at number five. We, we talk about heart and soul yeah, go on. of a defense and he was the heart and soul of the 85 Bears. What better just defense to be the heart and soul this of? This is insane. Like The Bears have had such good inside linebackers. Year. Yeah, they've been franchise. It's been insane. Oh yeah, they've been really lucky for sure. Yeah, I had him at number three just because you know he led that iconic Bears defense. Uh, he definitely had some help though, but I felt like I needed to put him at least somewhere in my top five. Like from three to five is very uh, subjective to me in some ways, I guess. Every time I think about Mike Singletary too, I just think of his eyes because every single highlight you ever watch from Mike Singletary, he doesn't blink. No, he's he intense. doesn't. Blink. He seriously is. He's a robot. Yeah. Can we start? The, can we get Mike Singletary on the show and ask him if he is a robot? Yes. Too bad he didn't coach like That's a robot. probably. Yeah, I was about to bring that up. <laughs> like Loki. Like he. 
I considered his coaching career, and I was like, oh, I don't know. That doesn't go into positions. No, though, it so. shouldn't. Oh, we should do top five coaches of all time. Yeah, we could do that. Yeah. By the way. All right, that's a good. Okay. Yeah. Ed McCaffrey, number one. Ed McCaffrey. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Jack Lambert, number four. Was Lambert <laughs> on your list, Jesse? Uh, honorable mention. Honorable oh, mention yeah. on your list? Yeah. I mean, the steel curtain's going to keep popping up on this top five all time for yeah. me personally, by cool. position. Yeah, 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 we get it, Simon. You were good back in the 70s. But anyways. But, you know, he just heart and soul of a great defense. Yeah. And uh, he played all over the field, too. So So if you're listening, kids, if you're a middle linebacker, you should be the heart and soul defense. If you're not very good at talking, don't be a middle linebacker. Or at least good at talking on the field. Like, I was a quiet guy, like, in general. But when I hit the field, I was vocal. Like, I was really vocal. You know, I feel like if you're an inside line or if you're just a leader in general, kind of got to be a local guy to be, mm-hmm. a, you know, a very effective leader. Like, it's okay to lead with your actions, but you yeah, got to really be nice I think it depends upon the position you're in. That's true. No, that's like true. middle linebacker and quarterback obviously need to be vocal. Yeah. yeah. As a coach, I want my middle linebacker to be vocal and yelling. Yeah. Like, not just yelling to yell, but, like, things that matter. I think the backup you know? to that would be you have to have a strong safety. That's the only other one I think of. That's fair. Okay. Are we, uh... Strong safety can talk with Patsy. Yeah. But we could talk about... Honorable mentions. We oh, briefly mentioned some. I had Patrick Willis in my five, which could lead into my honorable oh, mentions. I, he might be in my honorable mentions. I didn't type it down. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, tell us why. I can see why he could be. All right. Um, okay, so we're the stats obviously aren't there because he retired early. And, you know, Patrick Willis is a really smart guy, too. Like, let's not get it twisted. He's always been a smart guy. And, you know, <laughs> if y'all know, do y'all know his story, too, with how he grew up and all that? I mean, I may have seen it leading up to like the Super Bowl a few years ago because okay. the media has to cover everything, but I have not retained it. Yeah, so basically he was like 10 or so when he started like doing like an insane amount of push-ups every day because like his mom would or his dad would his, would beat his mom. And so he got tired of that. And then at like the age of 11, he like fought his dad or something like that, whooped him. Uh, and then he ended up being homeless for a little bit with his uh, brothers and uh or sorry, with his siblings. And so he basically had to take care of them throughout middle school and high school and college, like basically homeless and whatnot. And then he became, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so that was his thing. And that's why he's so jacked. Cause he like, cause he's the baddest dude on the planet. Oh yeah. Yeah. If you've seen like, just looking through his highlight reels, like he has some vicious hits, greatest hits of all time type of things, you know? And I'm honestly taking more, like I have him in my top five because you know, more more for uh, seeing his play style and like his actions on the field. Like the stats may not be there, just because he didn't play for as long, and you know he had some help on that defense as well. But he, like I don't know, if you watched him play, you could, I think you could easily say that he's top five all time talent. Well, I feel like during like the duration of Ray Lewis's career, Patrick Willis was always like the NFC version. Oh yeah, yeah he was right there. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I see a lot. All right, sweet. All right, so honorable mentions. Let's just go around and uh, list them, I guess, if you haven't yet. I didn't put mine down, but... I have... <laughs> I have... Uh, this is in no particular order, of course. Okay. No, I have yeah. Keekly, Erlacher that we've mentioned. Mm-hmm. I also have Czech, Chuck Benarek. Benarek? My bad. The oh, Eagles no. guy from, like, the 1950s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, like, literally hit people so hard that their noses started bleeding, <laughs> and that's super dope. 
And then I have Carl Mecklenburg. I don't know that one. Because he's a Broncos player, Simon. <laughs> okay. But right. no, no, no. He actually is like top 20 all time in tackles. Mm -hmm. And part of the, he was the leader of the Orange Crush defense. Okay. So, and he could play on all levels of the field. He, he would like cover wide receivers sometimes if they like ran across. And then Teddy Bruschi is my last honorable yeah. mention. All right. I didn't add that many honorable mentions because I think I kind of already talked about it. Like I acknowledge there are a lot of good linebackers because you know, I played it, so that's fine. But I get Luke Keekley, he's one. And then uh, Teddy Bruschi, he's up there. I think you had him in your top I had five. Him at number five. Yeah, yeah. Do you want to explain more? Okay, about I'll that? say good. Well, obviously, you don't know, play for the Patriots. I'm not you. I know you guys. Do. His whole career. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. But if you, I mean, obviously everyone thinks of Tom Brady being the one that wins all that. But before Tom Brady, the Patriots were nothing. Like, True. they didn't do anything ever. Like, well, they made that one Super Bowl where they got whooped by the Bears. Yeah, but I mean, well, like, they also made that other Super Bowl where they got whooped by the Packers. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, they didn't really do anything. Um, but I would say Teddy Bruschi was like the leader of a couple with Tom Brady and stuff like that. The leader of bringing that team to where they are now, who are they? Probably the number one franchise in the last 15 years, at least. Yep. Um, that everyone hates, basically. I mean, those so, Patriots defenses were really good mm -hmm. in the early 2000s. Yeah. I'm really biased, too, because he's like one of two half Filipino Hall of Famers ever. Next but, to Roman. So I think that's the only reason he's on there, is just the fact that he basically was the foundation of what the Patriots are now. Fair. Teddy Bruschi embodies the Patriot way in the way that they want it to mean, but not the way that it does mean with all the cheating these days. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You could get to that later if you want to, but we'll see. Alright, okay, that's fair. Is there anybody else that we haven't talked about that's worth bringing Inside? Up? I don't think so. We could give the audience a chance to uh, yeah. comment on this video if there's any linebackers that we missed. Inside linebackers. We're going to get the outside Inside, yeah. Inside. We're going to do outside well, they, Que nos dos! Que nos dos! <laughs> That's true. All right. After this break, we're going to do top five outside linebackers of all time coming up next. All right. Welcome back to the cycle 365. We're talking top five linebackers of all time. So we did inside um, linebackers. just recently. Yeah. So we're now about to do outside. And this one was really hard outside of like the number one spot. But here, Cody, how about you go first and list? off your outside linebacker list? Well, I feel like it was really obvious number one was Lawrence Taylor. Yeah. yeah. Lawrence Taylor, one. Jesse mentioned during the last segment that Ray Lewis is who he thinks of when he hears the word linebacker. When I hear the word linebacker, I think of Lawrence Taylor. Same. Yeah. And then at my number two, I have Derek Brooks. Number three, I have Jack Ham. Number four, I have Ted Hendricks. Number five, I have Chuck Howley. And then a grip of honorable mentions. <laughs> Okay, so <laughs> Lawrence Taylor, number one. Got Derek Thomas, number two. Felt like he was underrated. Jack Ham, number three. Kevin Green, number four. And then Derek Brooks, number five. And a ton of all Okay. My, my list is a little bit newer here. Um, so obviously Lawrence Taylor, number one. Derek Brooks, number two. So like you, Cody. Then I have Junior Seihau at number three. That's good. Julius Peppers at number four. And Demarcus Ware at number five. Do we really need to talk about Lawrence Taylor? He was a freak before. He basically yeah, he, helped invent the sack. Yeah, he's breaking so, people's legs out there. And, I mean, he's oh, probably yeah. a top five player of all time. Yeah, that's true. The 
blindside wouldn't have happened without Lawrence Taylor. Right. He right. literally <laughs> killed people. Yeah, literally. Hey, <laughs> on the football like field. Just, well, on the football field. Okay, I was not about, like to, say, say, I was about to make a Ravens a jab right there. I was no, about no, to be no. like, just like our other number one linebacker <laughs> no. on these on this list. On the field. Alright, so then we're going to okay. go number two here. Okay. Me and Cody both have Derek Brooks. Best so, cover linebacker yeah. of all time. Yeah, I'll be he, honest, I definitely, like, I, f- I didn't know the difference between the two because I thought Derek Brooks was the middle linebacker. <laughs> Well, that's somebody else. Yeah, right, so no, so, yeah. Derek Brooks opened the door and was something that the NFL had never seen before in cover linebacker. Um, Cody, you told me earlier how many interceptions did he have? Yeah, like 25 career interceptions. That's a lot. That's like all... within like that's like a the seven span, span of yeah. But a also, seven year, basically, yeah. But like that if you look, of terror. if you look at all time interception leaders, like that's up there with all the corners. It is. So yeah. <laughs> he's also top ten in tackles all time. Yeah. Yeah. May not have the sacks there, but that's true. But he played his role. He did, and he was a leader on one Tampa of the Bay. better teams defenses we've seen in the past yeah. twenty years. The only yeah. Super Bowl Tampa Bay has ever won. Yep, probably <laughs> ever will win if they keep James Winston. Yeah. Right, <laughs> that's another talking point. But anyways, yeah, um, I'm I'm just gonna be honest. Like from basically after one down, like it's it's due to move around. Like I don't know. I have a lot of respect for outside. I had Derek Thomas. I feel like his career was tragically cut short. Yeah, Derek Thomas in my honorable mentions. He's in my honorable mentions too. He only played for 10 years and he had 126 sacks. I know. If he, he played for a long longer, time, but he could have played for another at least six years. Oh, yeah. Yeah. He, he was unstoppable. Yeah. And this is based off ability more so. Like, kind of like the Patrick Willis like argument. So, yeah. I mean, he still holds the record for most individual sacks in a game. I'm pretty sure he got like five by himself or something stupid. Yeah. 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 Okay. He's definitely a model. All right, that's fair. Who did y'all have at number three? You had Junior Seau. You had Seau. Okay. Seau was in my honorable mentions, and he's Same. right outside number five. Yeah. Same. Because he played forever. Yeah. First off, racked up a ton of tackles, and just unfortunately was on the wrong side of history a couple times yeah. with like the Patriots losing one game. They lost one game, and it was the most important one. That was his best chance at a run. Yeah. There's a lot of other things going on there with Junior Seau's legacy as well. But Rest yeah. in peace. Yeah. Um, I had Jack Ham. I also had Jack Ham. Oh, yeah, that's so, a good one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Another Steel Curtain Still Boy. Curtain. Yeah. Because, well, he was a monster. He was a ham, dude. Yes. Yeah. There's definitely arguments among... You know, Pittsburgh Steelers fans that he helped out the careers of, uh, you know, Jack Lambert and everyone else on that defense. Didn't you also say Kevin Green, Simon? Yeah, I did say Kevin Green. He's in my honorable mentions. Yep. He uh, he didn't play for the Steelers for as long as I thought he did, I guess, which I thought was weird. I don't know. I always thought of him as a Steelers player. But he's right up there in, um, you know, career sacks. It's hard not to. He's number three. And isn't he not in the Hall of Fame yet? No, it's weird. You should be. (laughs) If you're that high on the sack list, I think you should be. Sacks are hard. Yeah. Speaking of sack monsters, my number four was Julius Peppers. I didn't put him on the list as he's going to be somewhere on the defensive end. Okay. So, yeah. Because I don't know. He played played defensive line and linebacker. 
Um, he was that high rank super boy. He's like six seven. He was six six. Like two yeah. six. Yeah. So like he he's a terror at linebacker first of all, but he just falls in that category of rushing line linebacker. Like That's he didn't really cover. He could cover, but he wasn't the best at cover. See, I always think of him with his hand in his in the dirt when he was with the Panthers. And then I think of him standing up when he played with the Packers. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So. Yeah. Alright. Yeah, I had Julius Peppers in my uh, honorable mentions. I almost put him at five, actually. I really, I really had to think about it, to be honest. It was hard for me to not put him there. He's, he's just outside from me. You also had Demarcus Ware. I didn't have Demarcus five. Ware. We want to talk about D Ware helping uh, Denver get that yeah. Super Bowl ring. Yeah. He- we love talking about Denver Super Bowl in here. I know, yeah. I know y'all do, but like Demarcus Ware was literally like, like my role model throughout like yeah, my whole football because career. Because he played for Dallas. Yeah. Um, and he was again, if we were talking about hearts and souls of defense, he was the heart and soul of that Dallas defense for however many years he was there. Yeah. He was the only reason why I was kind of a fan of the Cowboys. Yeah, and let's be honest, like when if like you go back, Dallas is considered America's team. Sure. He gets drafted, or not drafted, he gets signed by the Broncos with Peyton Manning, and all of a sudden, the Broncos are America's team. Where's the correlation? Yeah, okay. but still, like, that's fair. That's when fair. DeMarcus Ware was there. He's just, everyone loved to watch him. He was Nobody monster. has any problems with DeMarcus Ware. He's, no, he's a great, great guy. guy. He's a great yeah. guy, yeah. And a really good teacher, too. Like, he's mentored a lot of really good pass rushers, mm-hmm. you know, over the years. And, you know, with the Broncos as well, with Juan but yeah, no, he. I I had him at five, and then I forgot Derek Brooks. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I just you know. He's in my honorable mentions. He's As is there. Von Miller. Von Miller is also in my. He just he just got to a hundred sacks. He's still not even currently a at hundred four. Yeah. So we'll see where he goes. Being a Super Bowl MVP goes a long way yeah. for me at outside linebacker, which is why I have Chuck Howley at number five, who's the only player to be MVP of a losing team in a Super Bowl. Yep. Used to be really good. The Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> we love America's team, but yeah, Chuck yeah. Howley, he played the Sam linebacker in Landry's defense. Oh, okay. Which essentially defense. Yeah, essentially meant that he he was the heart and soul and he could cover, which I mean mm-hmm. is obviously a little bit different back in the 60s and 70s but mm-hmm. regardless he did anything that Landry asked him to and you know when a guy like Tom Landry has really high praise for a player that's when you know that they're probably pretty good. I played back in the 60s if any of us played back in the 60s or 70s See, we'd be millionaires. We, I don't think we'd be as good as Chuck Howley though. No well, we definitely play linebacker. Yeah, so. You're right. I'd play, play wide receiver and I'd burn whoever the cornerback is. <laughs> Yeah, probably. I probably could do it too, to be honest. And I'm a linebacker, mm-hmm. so there you go. Wait, did anyone have Ted Hendricks in their top five? Either? I considered it. Well, for those who don't know, he kind of also he's kind of like Julius Peppers, where like some people put him at defensive end, but he played for the Raiders for the majority of his career, yeah. and he has four Super Bowl rings. He does. So obviously, wherever yeah. he went, they were good. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. All right. So I guess the. Go honorable mention, yeah. So? Yeah, there's only one other one I have put in here just because Cody's gonna give you a uh slate of them. So, the only other one that I had in here that was not said because I had Derek Thomas as an honorable and Von Miller, but also Terrell Suggs yeah. currently playing, still, still in the, in the league. Um, yeah, he's just a monster. Yeah, that's fair. I have him there, I have Terrell Suggs too. Um, 
Yeah. We mostly meant. You said everyone that came to mind for me. I'll probably agree with a lot that's on Cody's list. I had a uh, Willie McGinnis. He was with uh, Teddy Bruschi. Yeah, Teddy Bruschi on that uh, Patriots defense. I felt like you know it was hard to leave him off. So yeah. Yeah, Willie McGinnis. He. All right, let's hear. Let's hear one. the slate, Cody. Well, we've talked about a lot of them, so it's just okay. the lower half of the list. I have Bobby Bell. He played yeah. outside linebacker for the Chiefs, and. Once again, was kind of like a Chuck Howley. He was asked to do a lot. Um, the only reason he's lower is because, well, his numbers just weren't as big and the Chiefs experienced very brief success in the yeah. 60s and 70s. Yeah. I saw Dave Robinson, so another member of that Packers squad that won five NFL championships. Okay. And I have Ken Norton Jr. Ooh, that's... Because he's one of the best tacklers in league history and he played for the Niners and the Cowboys and won I'm pretty sure he has the most rings of any individual player. I'm yeah, pretty sure. He does. Yes. Yeah. I think he does. Because he played for two dynasties and, you know, it's because they wanted him there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, he was that veteran leadership after a while. Yeah, and he had great football IQ. Yeah. That's and a I, good one. And I have Ricky Jackson. He was an outside linebacker for the Saints. Saints were horrible for like a really long time. And everyone talks about Archie Manning, but it's only because of Peyton Manning and Eli Manning's existence. Ricky Jackson, before Drew Brees, was the best player in Saints history. And I have no problem saying that. Well, it's not saying a lot either. And there hasn't been a ton of great players to play. Yeah. Yeah. He he flew all over the field and was a lot of the time the only reason that they stayed in games. And he basically ended Earl Campbell's career. And then I have James Harrison as my last one. Yeah, but that's a good one. That's I good. I I'd say my biggest takeaway from these lists is uh, your guys' lists are a lot more recent, and then mine is a lot older. I feel like just in, in general, especially within when it comes to like the top five and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I just think that like part of the reason is I mean obviously I have the greats listed from recently. But it's so much harder to like make an impact on the game now at linebacker than it was when it was all run, run, run. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. you got to be so it's much more like, technical, and like also like smarter too because like like you said, the game was different. But like nowadays, you have all this weird like air raid stuff. Air, I hate it. Like as a player who played the position, I hated being a linebacker and having to go up against the air raid, Kyler Murray's air raid especially, yeah, yeah. or so, RPOs. RPOs are tough too, especially Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Like, are you supposed to play Lamar? Are you supposed to play Mark Ingram? Are you supposed to play Mark Andrews? No, you're supposed to play all three. So, yeah. Either way, you end up looking like a fool if you don't guess Mm -hmm. right. Or know it. Yes. So now, if you want a linebacker, basically you want a rushing linebacker. Yeah. Just so you can hit the quarterback. (laughs) That's all you can do. I mean, ideally, you know, it depends for every scheme and whatnot. They ask a lot. My scheme's going to have. I mean, no, gotta adapt to the game. So, like, my number one, if I, I was gonna build a franchise around a linebacker, it would be James Harrison. Oh, I thought we were, you were gonna say about round one right now. I was gonna say, oh, I'm, saying, I'm saying the tackle guy. Yeah, he can play. Well, yeah, if we're game. talking, yeah. if we're talking all-time linebackers, or so we're talking outside, then outside, yeah, outside linebacker to start no, franchise in, with like, right now. But in your, in your office or your in your scheme, your defense. Ooh. So mine's Julius Peppers because I'm gonna play a four-three. 
and Julius Peppers can play either that linebacker spot or that DN spot. And just I mean, he would just slide down to DN once yeah. you went to nickel. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'd probably pick DeMarcus Ware. I would probably still choose Lawrence Taylor because no one talks about how good he was in coverage, too. Like, yeah. the offenses didn't run slant routes it, where Lawrence Taylor might be because he would pick it off or he would send their helmet flying. So I feel like, regardless, Lauren, it's hard to not take Lawrence Taylor. Yeah, we'll put Julius Peppers on one side and Lawrence Taylor on the other side. And then win four games <laughs> a year because Jay Culler's your quarterback. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the top five conversation. Yep. If you got anybody that you want to say, like said earlier, mention in the comments. Yep. I sure. seriously doubt I missed the outside linebacker, so try me. Yeah, all right. <laughs> so coming up next, we're going to have some NFL talk after this break. All right, y'all. Welcome back to the Cycle 365. We're going to have some NFL talk. So start off, Drew Locke started against the Houston Texans uh, on Sunday, and they sh he shocked the NFL. Y'all won against a really good team. It's only a surprise if you're not from Denver. Oh, you know. No, it's, it's still a surprise. A surprise. It was like I didn't think Drew Locke was going to do anything. Yeah, I chose exactly. Denver to win the game. Oh, so did I, but I didn't think Drew Locke is gonna, was going to be all that. What was the score at halftime? Like 35 to I think it was like 31 to 3 yeah. or 24 to 3. It was bad. We were, <laughs> we were up 21 to nothing. Yeah. And then they scored a field goal and we scored a field goal. It was just... And Texans were sad. Sean Watson was sad. Yeah. They final got score, outplayed by Drew Locke. That's true. The final score was something like 38 to 24. It was a lot worse of a game than what the score shows. There's a lot of garbage time points by the Texans. Yep, yeah, for sure. Uh, Kareem Jackson had the game of his life, though. You won AFC Defensive Player of the Week? Yeah, I thought it was. In his return to Houston. And oh, he yeah. also left a touchdown on the field. <coughs> for those who are watching, he jumped a pass. Mm -hmm. And it hit him right in the stomach, and he yeah. dropped it. Yeah. Otherwise, he was going to score. Yeah, yeah. But it was it was fun to watch the uh, the fumble recovery that he did take to the house. Cause yeah. What's his name? Acho or whatever is that? Like, yeah, he just it handed it, it to him. Said, I don't want it anymore. Yeah, that's yeah. That's, that's a really a fun play. Move, when yeah. You don't get to see that happen often. No, you really slow plays away for sure. Oh yeah, for sure. But anyways, we're now talking. We need to talk about Drew Lock here. Yep. All right. So. uh... As Broncos fans, how about y'all tell me y'all's raw reactions? Pleasantly surprised, as Cody said, still excited but optimistic. Okay. Because he's played in two games and he's looked good in two games, but Brandon Allen played in two games and looked good in two games as well, so... So, <laughs> stop the hype train, is that what you're telling Denver fans? Um, I wouldn't say stop the hype train because... Tap just, on the brakes. Yeah, tap the brakes. Because, <laughs> because it was good to see the energy he brought to the team. Um, like, we that haven't seen that in a while. Yeah, it's like, oh, he actually wants to win. And like Joe Flacco, who's like, oh, we're getting crushed by 42. I don't even care. Like, I'm just going to say that my neck hurts. Do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And even like Brandon Allen, I didn't see the, the fire that I did from Drew Locke and Brandon Allen. But then again, we all knew Brandon Allen wasn't going to be our starter. So, um, Drew Locke is having fun. Yes. And it makes it fun to watch the games. Yeah. Because he brings the energy that the team needs. So, I mean, like, the team around Drew Locke is still a very good team. Like the defense is top five in the league. Their running backs are top five in the league. Well, I don't know, like stat wise they are, but I would put Phil Lindsay in the top 10 running backs right now. 
in, sure. in the NFL. So I mean, like, and he's got Cortland Sutton, who's a monster, and Noah Fant is coming into his own. So like, he has the team around him. Just to see his energy was what what this team needed. Yeah, absolutely. I he looks great, um, and I feel like we. We've been running the Drew Locke offense all year, yeah. and now we finally have Drew Locke to run it, which certainly helps because Joe Flacco, his arm isn't what it used to be, and he's not athletic. I so, personally think Joe Flacco needs to retire. Yes. Yeah. It'd right. be great for our cap room, too. This year. But Drew Locke looked good. He's he's more athletic than people give him credit for. He looked great moving around the pocket, mm-hmm. and you know the crossing routes worked good, and his arm strength is good enough to complete those passes across the field, too. All right. Well then, let's get into some critiques. Then. Broncos haven't had a quarterback who plants their feet before they throw the ball in years. And Drew Locke is the last candidate to end that streak because he relies on his arm. He has a he has a good enough arm to get away with it sometimes, but we need to make sure that he plants his feet before he throws. That's how interse- he was running away so much, and our line isn't good, but for God's sakes, Drew, Step up in the pocket and plant your feet. Yeah. That's my um, biggest uh Yeah. It's frustrating. Fine. I mean, but we knew that going in. Like yeah, he's a gunslinger, bro. Like we talked about. No. <laughs> well, that's <laughs> not, he's a gunslinger. That's not what I was gonna say. I was gonna say that that's that was our scouting report. Or well yeah, that was our scouting report basically on mm-hmm. Drew Locke. When I watched him in the preseason, you know, because it was his first NFL like snaps, really. But uh he he struggled with that, you know, setting his feet, you know getting his hips right and all that pointing, you know, his body pointing to where he wants to throw and whatnot. And uh, he tries to, you know, make throws and use his arm to bail himself out of, out of bad decisions. He did that a lot in college, too. Yeah, that's like, what I was going to say. He, he's oh, yeah. still playing college football in the NFL, so he needs to change that. Yeah, he needs to, he needs to continue to progress. The important thing is that he doesn't get into the hype because I know Denver fans, like, they, you know, they, they love to hype it up and whatnot, and that's great because y'all are good, you know, awesome fans. But when you're a player, you need to block that out, and you need to you got to get better. Because if I'm just being honest, you know that pick he threw, I knew it didn't really matter. But there was no way that was a good decision in any universe. It was a disgusting interception. Yeah, yeah, it was underthrown, so <laughs> it was well like, covered. Yeah, yeah. Like what was it? Two or three defenders around him. It, it was the safety came down, and basically he snuck, like he jumped. Around. Yeah, which is also still, a corner right on top of it. Yeah, too, yeah so like, but still, even if the safety, you can remove two players, or okay, you can remove the safety from that uh, still play, still not a good and decision. it's still not a good decision, which is, it says a lot about how bad a decision that is. That's almost... Something that was encouraging, at least from the preseason to now, though, outside of, like, that decision in particular, yeah. is he can make reads past the first receiver now. Mm-hmm. Like, there is a few times where he would look at his first option, wasn't open, went to the second option. Or sometimes even made it to the third option. And that's encouraging because I know that he wants to make the big plays too, yeah. but you have to play smart. And outside of the interception, you know, and outside of looking like a rookie at times when we had to use timeouts, because he doesn't know how to read his wristband. Yeah, he was <laughs> looking at it a lot. Hey, it's all right. He looked What's like Buzz Lightyear out there. there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, did you see his, yeah. his Buzz Lightyear celebration? You gotta, I don't know. There, I mean, that just comes with learning the playbook. Like I said, he needs to continue to progress and uh, not just progress and learn the playbook, but like, you know, like you were saying, make those progressions because he was never really good at progressions in college, I'd say. I thought he always threw to like, you know, 
whoever he was already staring down. So that's something, you know, that's something to look forward to. I think it's also important for uh, fans to remember that, you know, there wasn't a lot of film on Drew Locke before this game. Like, the Texans had to literally use his college film as film on Drew Locke, yeah. which isn't accurate ever. So He'll get a good, good test this weekend coming up. Playing Kansas City in Kansas City. Granted, they don't have the best defense, but he's going to have to put up points to keep up with He can't do worse than Joe Flacco did, so yeah. I really don't care. Yeah. yeah, I think with Drew Locke, he just needs to make sure he takes care of the ball against KC. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest thing. Yeah, I could see him throwing. If he takes, if he takes care of the ball, we could win the game. Oh, yeah. There are two games. This may seem early, but he has me feeling like we don't need to take the quarterback with the seventh pick. You're right. Okay. All right. Which well, is all fair. that he needs to do. That way we can address the offensive line issue. There are some good linemen in this draft that will be there. So, Garrett Bowles. Yeah, and Ron Leary. Yeah. Garrett Garrett Bowles is the one who drives me nuts. We should switch into deal linemen because he tackles people so much. (laughs) Yeah. Let's get rid of him. Well, sounds like a personal problem for you. But, anyways, Drew Locke, he's a bright spot. Still a lot to improve, though, between progressions, his mechanics. It bothers me too how he doesn't set his feet because you can literally see him falling away from throws. Like, there wouldn't be anybody near him, but he'll be like throwing off his back foot for no reason, anyways. Which is just. Which is what Case Keenum did last year. Yeah. But on the flip side, Drew Locke is at least young. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Versus Case Keenum, where you can't teach an old dog new tricks. Yeah. Or at least and you then, don't have the time to. Just say the last thing for the Broncos fans on uh, this game subject. Bradley Rowe was there. We'll see Bradley Roby. <laughs> no, honestly, whatever. Okay. Our defense looked great, though. That's something else to be accounted for. It's easier to play when your defense manhandles the mm. Texans' offense. I think, well, here's the thing. I think Denver's defense has been that the whole year. I just don't think they've had the confidence in the backup of an offense. Like, well, what, what's the point of even going out there and making the stop where offense can get right back to them, you know? That's true. And I think that's all. It's complimentary. Yeah. Because our defense could play afford to play more aggressively because, you know, if they did let up a touchdown by playing aggressively, we had a huge lead. Yeah. So okay. better offense means better defense. That's fair. Um, also, let's let's flip it for a second. Is it time to panic for the Texans? Because nobody really wants to talk about them because they're not the Cowboys. Well, they've lost to almost every good team they've played except for the Patriots. I don't think it's time to panic. They're not going to go anywhere. What do you mean? They're not Super Bowl contenders. Okay, but shouldn't that be a concern when you have all this talent on the team? I mean, they're not going to win anything as long as that guy's head coach. He's trash, okay, and I Bill, will not Bill change O'Brien. my mind on Bill O'Brien. Okay, He's well, an that's, idiot. That's what I was getting to, though. Like, so they should fire him. Yes, absolutely. Okay. But they're not going to listen to me because you know, I'm too smart. You know who should, who should happen, right? You know who the – I think he's still there. He may not be. But um, same Ernest Collins Jr. <laughs> oh gosh. No. Um, oh my god. Romeo Cornell? No. No. We've seen him as a head coach and he'd be as good as Bill O'Brien. <laughs> oh, I'll just right. I'll yeah. try to first round pick for Laramie Tunzel and go. No, no, no. no, no. Laramie Tunzel is still a good pick, I think. He was getting kind of he's not been playing that good this year. No, he but I mean it's hard <laughs> when you have a lot you have a bunch of income yeah, four other incompetent linemen that aren't playing good around you either. So it might be coaching. I don't know if he's still there, but Gary Kubiak could be promoted to. He's not there. He's not there. He's somewhere though. He's an offensive thing, offensive assistant somewhere. He's, he's in our office here, Jesse. No. 
not here anymore. Sure? I'm pretty sure he's in like our front office. Nope. Derek Quebec. All right, yeah. So he's actually the offensive advisor, Minnesota. But still, he could be. I mean, he's already been the coach there once. You want a Super Bowl with Denver? Why not go back and try it again? Health reasons, but we'll see. Yeah. Right, we'll yeah. see. There are a lot of good coaching candidates that might be out there if uh, they do fire Bill O'Brien, which I think. I feel like I think you got to do. The Texans are kind of in a similar situation as the Packers with Mike McCarthy, where he's good enough to get you to the playoffs, but you know, outside of that one year with Mike McCarthy. Or they won the Super Bowl. Like Bill O'Brien, he's an idiot. Okay, I'm just gonna say it. Bill O'Brien is an idiot. Yeah, let's as, be as, especially managing player personnel, he's horrible at it. Well, like they I shouldn't have gave him control over the GM duties. No, this. they really shouldn't have. And I should be the GM. You should. You're better than yeah. Bill O'Brien. We. Are better than Bill but uh, is that our next our next GoFundMe? The Texans general managers to to the. <laughs> The I don't want to live in Texas, so no. Nah. <laughs> It'd be alright. It'd probably be okay, but I don't know if I want that job. Um, we'll see. Sean, I, Sean Watson is a star. Yeah, that's true. Well, it depends on the coach. Like I think, like, like I said, nobody wants to talk about it because they're not the Cowboys, but they've lost to a lot of good teams. So they also lost to the Broncos. They also lost yeah. to the Broncos. <laughs> that's basically the Jets' version, you know, of the Cowboys losing to the Jets. Yeah. If I'm being honest. So, uh, yeah, I, I think he should be on the hot seat. Not a lot of people want to, you know, say that. I know Texans fans are saying it. They've been saying it for a while. But, yeah. all right, okay, let's move on. All right. Speaking of hot seat, did Jared Goff save his job in the Rams-Seahawks game I think he, on I, Sunday night? I don't think he needed to say it. I think, unfortunately, because of how the Rams have managed, I mean, sure they have Jalen Ramsey, but... They have no more first round picks for what the next three years, two years. I mean, this is they have to go with him. <laughs> like, yeah. but this is a deep quarterback class of free agents, though. I but he, they just signed him to an extension. I think it will be really hard from a management standpoint to like, you know, bring in another quarterback even because you have Blake Bortles there too. Not that he's gonna do anything, but like you have two guys who went in the first round. You have one that you gave over a hundred million dollars to in guaranteed money. <laughs> so you, you I think you need to stick it out with Goff. I don't think he saved his job because it wasn't yeah, in it danger. Yeah, That's how I was going to say, yeah. <clears throat> but like, I, I think it gives them a little bit more confidence. I'm okay with saying that. I think the Seahawks, they kind of just slipped up too. It was just one of those games that it wasn't working out. I mean, the Rams showed the weakness of the Seahawks, I think by just bullying that offensive line. Oh, yeah. Well, that's been their weakness for, like, the last six years, too, though. Yeah, Russell Wilson's going to have CTE. Yeah. He doesn't get hit that much. He gets hit a lot. He gets pushed into the ground, and just no one talks about it because he still makes the play. Yeah. But if like, you're... That was the same with Andrew Luck before he retired. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I think he got hit a lot more, though. Yeah, so do I. That might be. That I might feel be like he thought it was harder up. because he was bigger too. Luck. Yeah. Andrew Luck's way bigger. What? No, literally. No, no, no. I know he's four. no, he's, he's bigger. Huge. But like that, I don't think they hit him harder because he's bigger. But like, I think I don't know. More surface area. It, like it might be worth no, looking at surface the, area. I mean, it still hurts either way. It's just proportion, you know, proportions. But I think it, that might be a stat worth looking into in the future. Probably not now, but. 
I think it's close. Yeah. Right, real fast. Just came in on my phone. Raw reaction to this. Lamar Jackson breaks Michael Vick's quarterback rushing record. Oh, nice. Just nice. <laughs> I will keep my buy a Lamar Jackson jersey. And it'll be, I won't say it's the only Ravens jersey I'll buy, but it'll be okay. I mean, he's a beast. They, they had a great win against Buffalo. Buffalo put up a good fight, and Buffalo's a good defense. Did you see him break that one dude's ankles, too? Uh, yeah. He was in the backfield already, and Lamar Jackson still shook no. him up. <laughs> yep. I right, saw it coming. I mean, Lamar, he's a talented player. He's running away with um, AFC North. And probably and MVP, MVP now. Yeah. And MVP, yeah. I said it at the beginning. <laughs> and voted for it. All right, anyways. Last thing we're talking about in the NFL here. Possibly the NFC Championship preview. 49ers Saints. Hmm. That was a really good game. Okay, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm going to buy into Jimmy G now. I yeah. thought that was the game that it put me up because he had some good games before. You know, he had some good games, but I think he made a lot of very clutch throws. Of course, George Kittle helped him out. He's a man. Well, and the but. Saints defense not knowing how to tackle. No. Like, oh my God, what were they doing? Just aim for the legs. I mean, it was a, a big boy. He has 100 pounds on you. Why are you trying to tackle him in the just, chest? Or you're in the football head, just tackle him. Like, it doesn't matter how you tackle him, just tackle him. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, George Kittle is a monster, but I thought Jimmy G played really well. Yeah. Yeah, he was in rhythm too. Like he, you could see that. Like, like the confidence was there. Like he was, he was back at it. Uh, and the Saints are they're a pretty solid defense. So yeah, I'll, I'm more willing to buy into the 49ers because I buy into Jimmy G as okay. a player. Let me ask you guys this now. Going back to our older podcast when we said come back player of the year, you guys both said Dalvin Cook. Yeah. I said Jimmy Garoppolo. Would you guys switch over Jimmy Garoppolo now or stay with Dalvin Cook? It's gonna be close for me. It's. It's going to be, I might still have to give it, it to Dalvin. It depends on if the Vikings win the NFC North. That's true, too. Because they still can. Mm-hmm. I don't think they will. I don't think they will win the North. No, because Green Bay, they're not beating anyone who's good. Yeah, Green Bay is like slowly fizzling. We're seeing a lot of teams that had a really easy schedule, and now they're getting exposed. Yeah. So. But it's also yeah. Kirk Cousins. So. Yeah, this is also true. going to be the person that loses. loses Kirk- <laughs> yeah, you're right. Outside of like the last primetime game, he hasn't. He's, he's definitely improved, yeah. but I, it's still tough to. I mean, I want the Vikings to do good, obviously. But <laughs> um, a closet Vikings. Fan. I am. <laughs> <laughs> Along with being a closet Chargers fan. Mm, from okay, that podcast, come on. Yeah. <laughs> no, I didn't say I was a closet Chargers fan. I said I was a fan of Lejean Thomas. Yeah, you said and you I had, had his jersey. I have his jersey. I do. Your closet. <laughs> I do. I still haven't forgiven you. But I'm not. I wouldn't say closet Viking fan. I'm. I'm willing to say I'm the open Viking fan, and I want them to win. It's because you have a personal. I do. But if anything, Kirk Cousins will be the one that loses it. So. What comeback player of the year no. for Dalvin Cook? Yeah. You know, if the Vikings don't make the playoffs, no, Dalvin the, Cook doesn't no, win. No, here's the thing. The Vikings are going to make the playoffs, but they're going to lose in the first round. Okay, that was my prediction. All right, sure, I could see that. The Vikings could probably probably to the 49ers. The Vikings could still miss playoffs though. Oh, I know, because the Rams are right behind them. I still think the Vikings will make it. The Rams don't deserve to make it. I think the Vikings will make it. 
Um, but I think they're gonna lose in the first round to probably the 49ers. That's just how it's looking out right, That's up right now. If okay, so if they make the playoffs, I think I'll still give Dalvin Cook the slight edge. Uh, I also want to see more, you know, consistent great games out of Jimmy G. This you want to see Jimmy Garoppolo wins, wins, not just what if he goes to the Super Bowl? Doesn't win if he goes to. Yeah, I give it to him. Well, Easy. but the, the the awards are the day before the Super Bowl. I know, but like he would still well, be going to the going. Super Bowl. Yeah. Oh, I thought you said didn't win it. Yeah. Currently, as it stands. By the way, just an update on the playoff picture. Okay. Is in the NFC, the Niners with the one seed. The Packers have the two seed because the Saints lost. Okay. Even though I, everyone here would agree that the Saints are the better oh, of yeah. the two teams. Definitely. Yeah. But if the Packers have home field, that's that actually would help them a lot. Yeah, I say But then we have the Saints would be facing the Vikings in the first round and they would schlack. Vikings. Mm-hmm. But I just think I'm gonna be honest. I think looking through it, I think I think the Fort Niners are gonna lose one more game. So and does that put the Seahawks at the one seed? No, I think the no way. I think the Saints are the Yeah. Because the Seahawks, they have the head-to-head against the Niners, and they're only one win behind. So whoever wins the division is gonna have the one or two seed between the Seahawks and the Niners. Okay. Or two, you mean? Sorry. Yeah, what? you're right. I thought you said one and two. I'm like, that's not possible. <laughs> the Niners are so good that they have both buys. Anyways. And then in the AFC, the Ravens are one. Patriots are still two. The Chiefs are three, but they have the head-to-head, so if the Patriots lose one more game, the Chiefs would jump up the to Chiefs the Chiefs are going to lose the Broncos. Yeah, you're right. The Broncos <laughs> in the hunt at five and eight? Yes. Are you just going to skip over all the wild card teams? <laughs> because the Broncos are going to the wild card, so it doesn't even matter. <laughs> okay. They can make Are it. you gonna list the other wild card teams? Yeah, sure. Okay. I guess. <laughs> oh, oh, Simon's hurt that I didn't mention the Steelers as the sixth seed. Well, it's because we're actually there. Are you worried about Tennessee? Yeah. Their schedule is easier than yours, and they're kind of hot yeah. right now. You know who else is, yeah. has a pretty easy school outside of Kansas City? The Broncos. They played Detroit and Oakland. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more. I'm definitely more scared about Tennessee. We're saying Sayonara be- to the um. The, the Raiders are gone. Raiders are done. They're gone. Yeah. Uh, Josh Jacobs has a fractured shoulder. So he's, They're done. He's the only yeah. one doing it. Here's the thing. I, I would be much more afraid of the Broncos than the Titans. Uh, what, What's y'all's no, record? No, the Titans only need to win one more game. I know, but yeah. what, if they, what if they lose them all? Yeah, but statistically speaking, okay. it's more likely that... Oh, and additionally, the Titans and Texans are both tied right now and whoever wins that game wins the division and, gets wins the division. Okay. and the bad thing though for the broncos is if they tie we can't make the playoffs <laughs> right that's not gonna happen um i i am more scared about tennessee i think taylor has uh, found a home in tennessee i'll be honest i don't know if they need to draft a quarterback he's looked really good i don't know what the difference is between him and mariota but I don't know. Well, Tannehill's always been pretty good. It's just his surrounding yeah. cast and coach has been bad. Mm-hmm. With Joe Philbin, yeah. Joe Philbin was his coach for like six years. I'm not the biggest uh, fan of the Titans head coach either. I don't think he really deserved that job, to be honest. Who's it, Mike Vrabel? Yeah. I mean, yeah, I didn't think that they should hire him, but he's... Went to the playoffs last year. Well, he, I think his assistants are helping. Well, it was Munchak last year. 
the head coach? No, no. it wasn't. Munchak was with the Steelers. Steelers. Yeah. yeah. Huh. Munchak was with the Steelers for the last yeah. couple of years. Munchak did get fired after they made the playoffs, though, because they lost to somebody. But one other thing of breaking news right now, we'll talk about expansion teams, I'm sure, down the road with our uh, guest speaker, John. John Walsh, he's going to be gonna be fun. He's, he's excited to come on sometime. But there's going to be a, a new team joining the G League out of Mexico City. Oh, for the NBA? Mm-hmm. Well, what team? The, well, like, what team are they going to be under, I guess? Um, they are the Capitans? That's their name, yeah. Capitans. Yeah, Capitans. So it's, it's the Captains. In Spanish. I don't know who they're... Thank you for answer. translating that for me, Jesse. You're welcome. I taught you how to pronounce it right. Jackie would be proud. Oh my god. <laughs> we gotta teach them. Coming up next. Racism. Coming up next. Yeah, no, not racism. Ed McCaffrey as the head coach of the Northern Colorado hey, Bears. This is for all our bears out there. We're gonna oh we're gonna have fun with this one. Coming up next. All right, welcome back to the Cycle 365. So this one is for, uh, you know, all our Northern Colorado listeners out here. And for us as well, because out of all the coaches that just got hired in Colorado, college-wise, you might have just stolen, stolen the best one. Oh, yeah. So the University of Northern Colorado recently signed head coach Ed McCaffrey. Woo! Former coach over at Valor Christian, uh, for those of... Y'all that don't know, high school football, that's probably the perennial powerhouse in Colorado football, at least to date. And you know what? He, he only coached there for two years, but he did get a championship. He got knocked out short by a team that eventually made it to the championship. But now he's coaching for UNC. Obviously, he's the father of Dylan McCaffrey. Uh, his, we're going in reverse order. His youngest son, who quarterbacks over at Michigan. There, he, there's two other ones even below them, but... Oh, really? Yeah. Okay, well, what? They, they have a total, I think, of five kids. Yeah. So. yeah they're all talented. <laughs> That's all that matters. So, yeah, Dylan McCaffrey, he was a five-star guy. Uh, there might be some links there, but we'll hit that later. We have Christian McCaffrey, who was a MVP candidate. He's still a really good player in the NFL right now. And then, you know... Um, Max McCaffrey? XFL future star Max McCaffrey, yeah. who's out here. And then there's two more McCaffreys on the up. Yeah. Are they middle school or high school? Right now? Both you know? in middle school. Yeah, I think okay. actually one's in middle school and one's still in elementary Either way, they're going to be good. They have Potentially the future bears. That's true. <laughs> you never know. Like, the McCaffreys honestly have some of the best football genes next to the Mannings, yeah. if we're being honest. I think I mean, we said, Ed McCaffrey's a three-time Super Bowl winner. We did say, we were going to go around and say, if we could have any NFL genes, who would it be? I would say the McCaffreys. Yeah. Some, some good genes. Yeah. But... For those of you who don't know, UNC has been trashed for the last couple of years, and we've all been really critical of it. I don't care who hears it. I think everyone at this college knows that we're not good, and in this state as well. Allow me to just give exact numbers on that. Yeah. In the past it. nine seasons, UNC, with the same coach, Ernest Collins Jr., that's, that's all Simon, has gone 28-72. and 72. Averaging about three wins a year and ten losses. We've had them for ten years. <laughs> oh nine my! Years. Nine, basically ten. 
Like, we basically kept him on for this whole decade. Through the decades, we should do it. Oh, yeah. And a decade challenge for, <laughs> UNC, for football. UNC football. Hey, we'll, we'll see, you know, we'll see. Uh, oh, and by the way, Ed McCaffrey has a press conference tomorrow. Or I guess by the time this podcast comes out, probably around the same time it comes out. Uh, pretty much today. We, we might go to what if we Friday. go interview Ed McCaffrey for the cycle? Well, if it's an option, then. We just have to edit out the part where I ask him to sign. I mean, no, that way probably. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I was going to make a different joke, but we're just going to leave that inside my brain okay. for once. But he, yeah, so he has press conference on Friday, December, wait, December 13th? Is tomorrow Friday the 13th? Yes, yeah. it really is. Yeah, it really is. Okay. So December Bad day 13th. Bad for a press conference, but they should put it on Saturday. It's great fine. day for the Bears. <laughs> but a great day today is a great day for oh, the yeah. Bears. Yeah. Well, Friday the 13th, 3 p.m. at the Campus Commons. We'll be there for sure. Um, we're all really excited. I think everyone's really excited. Anybody that actually goes to UNC and like follows football all together is excited for this guy to come through. Like We know his high school record. Anybody that's played football in Colorado knows... <laughs> they they know about the McCaffreys, whether yeah. it's them coaching or playing. Or, you on their highlight films? Yeah, Jesse's <laughs> on there. <laughs> um, I didn't get the <laughs> opportunity the privilege to go of being on them. his. Yeah, sounds like it. That's tough. Yeah. I know plenty of people who have played against Dylan. Though. Yeah. Did you play against Dylan, Cody? Yeah, no, I was on the offense. But I saw him. Christian played both sides of the ball, so I played him on <laughs> both sides of the ball. I was, yeah, I was the unlucky one that had to play Christian all my career. Cody got to play Dylan, so that's a little easier. That's fair. Yeah. Still not great. <laughs> still not. We still got stomped. I just don't think that. I just don't think Dylan is going to be a multiple-time MVP candidate. Well, here let's let's uh, come back to Dylan. So. You know, he finished, I think it was his junior year. Yeah, it was his junior year over at Michigan. Um, okay, so he didn't play bad. You know, there was obviously that one highlight where he got rocked. Yeah, and you he didn't know that his last name was McCaffrey for a split second. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it looked really bad. But, you know, he didn't play bad. Of course, you know, Michigan definitely has some weaker uh, you know, talent on the offensive side of that ball in some ways. But Shade Patterson, he's gone either way. So... That's that. But, you know, it's Dylan McCaffrey's job to win. But is there a scenario where he potentially transfers to an FCS school and mm. puts up numbers? I think the only way that happens, well, can, like, with the new rule, you can be a grad transfer. Yeah. After, after you've played on a team. So, like, a great example of that would be, like, Davis Webb, who was at um, Texas Tech for four years and played all four years, graduated, and then came his fifth year. He played his fifth year at Cal. So he could play his four years at Michigan, transfer to UNC, and play for a year at UNC. Hey, we have a great sports and exercise science master's program. We do. I think that's worth putting out there. Um, I will also say there has been recently Kyle Slaughter, but yeah. the Broncos, believe it or not, even though we're not that great, the Broncos scouts heavily watch UNC talent. They do. I mean, we get a lot of scouts that come through. You. You definitely see like a, a variety of teams that come to UNC. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? But I would say the Broncos hit it hard. Oh yeah. Because, As, because they're, like, they're known, they're known from UNC to get drafted, but to have 
UNC in their backyard, and every once in a while have that diamond in the rough. Yeah, diamond in the rough. Go through it. They can just. They can just it's their shot taking. Yeah, right? really. And I feel like not only is this this is something to ex be excited about as like UNC students and Bears fans, and it's also refreshing because oh, yeah. for those who don't know, we just recently got a new president as well, which heavily factored Andy Feinstein or Feinstein, yeah, Feinstein, yeah, that's how you say. It. He recently replaced somebody who wasn't a super fantastic president who didn't care whether our teams were good or not. Honestly, should we say? No, it's not worth mentioning. We all know her. If you're a UNC student, we all know your, her name. Yeah, it is a her. And um, she. I feel like she was the biggest reason why Ernest was here for as long as he was. 10 years. Because she just didn't really care. And McCaffrey is definitely the way to go. And I know that I, I actually got the opportunity to talk to our athletic director, Darren Dunn, a little bit just because of working on event staff. And, you know, he definitely, definitely hints that change is coming, and uh, the writing is on the wall when our last game ended on a pick six. The writing, okay, yeah. that has to do with also. That was bad. I love Jacob Nim, but he should have been. If we had a better coach, Ed McCaffrey would not have kept him around. I, I just think, okay, I think or could have got more out of him. That's what I'm saying. That's I don't true. think. Okay. I think Jacob Nip was a great talent. I went to high school with him, played with him, knew him personally as a friend. Not the best personality, but um, <laughs> shots. Keep going. Um, but he's a he's a very good player, um, and I think that if he had a good a good coach, he's a very good player. And I think with the right coach, and like if he had Ed McCaffrey, he would have been much better. That's fair. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. So, mm -hmm. so we're excited that change is happening. But as soon as we're graduating, but the thing yeah. the it was written on the wall about three years ago. So, but finally. Happened. I think it was about time it happened because UNC, for those of you who don't follow you Northern Colorado sports, we've been dominating in basically every sport we played in, in so sky, far. Yeah. yeah, we took home the Big Sky uh, Conference Championship with our soccer team. I think we were about to do it with our volleyball. No, we, we, we won Big Sky with the volleyball team. With with the volleyball and team and yeah. actually went to the NCAA tournament well, so in the Hawaii. Team. That's so right. the soccer team. And yeah. they faced the yeah, they soccer did. team did too. And then I think this year that. The basketball team is going to win. The men's basketball team is going to win the Big Sky. Well, that's yet. Yeah, we'll, we'll see that. But, like, they've still been successful. We're, we're competitive. Yeah. In every good. sport except for football and baseball. baseball. But we're not going to hire Ed McCaffrey to coach a baseball team. No, so, yeah, this is the best some, uh, news. There's some other issues with the baseball team. I also, I also, as I tried out for the, uh, the team, <laughs> also asked the coach if I could try out for the baseball team. And they said, oh, no, we don't take long. And I was like, that's why you're back. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so it's about time. Like UNC, we've been winning in sports, except for our football team, even though uh, we we definitely have a history, I'd say, of winning before. Obviously, it was D2, but we were obviously good enough to move up to D1 at some point. So it's about time. Also, uh, I wanted to make this comparison. So CSU hired their new head coach. What's his name? His name is Steve. Okay. Whoa, what's Steve Adazio? Yeah. I don't know if that's how you say his name. It's, 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 yeah, something Adazio. Like but he was Boston College's old head coach. And uh yeah, we did we win the the oh, head yeah. coaching mm -hmm. job, bro? Okay. Well the only reason we people that? would say that they didn't win the head coaching job is because Ed McCaffrey hasn't coached in college yet. Okay. But I think in the long run we did. I think Ed McCaffrey would be a better coach. Okay. 
What's up with this dude and Adazio or Adazio? So, for those who don't know, Adazio, while also being a uh, Boston College coach, was also a Vine star. Oh my. And so, <laughs> I have some Vines pulled up. I have some Vines pulled up of Steve Adazio to show Simon and Jesse. Have you seen these be a dude? Alright, well, we get to watch some Vines today and get some raw reactions. They are family appropriate. better than this. Guys being dudes. Dudes to the right, dudes to the left, stuck in the middle with you. Got another dude! Ice the <laughs> Bronco Nagurski Awards. Ultimate dudes. Got another dude! O-line you, bunch of dudes. <laughs> Lot of dudes. Yeah! <laughs> so, oh well, we should link that video. Simon, do you think we could do that? I low-key might be able to edit the audio, in, so we'll see. Yeah, so we got <laughs> we got some great vines, and Steve Adazio, he loves, like, dudes. The fact that dudes yes. are going to vote calls. Yeah, so there's going to be some dudes Dude. at Foco. Okay, well, let's, let's be real. I, I want to stir up some controversy here. So we won the head coaching uh, search, though, right? It's, as of right now, we lost it. Okay. Well, we lost. We didn't lose. I mean, we're an FCS school. That's yeah. worth keeping in mind. Yeah. Well, no, I don't think I didn't think we lose, but we also didn't win it because if you look at it right now, obviously, Steve has the Division One FBS um, experience. I mean, it's not great experience. I know, but us. he's also, but he's, I don't know. Like that's just what people are gonna look at. They're gonna look at. He's coached in. Division one football, college football before. Well, let's, let's talk personally then, like. Oh, personally, yeah. I think we won for sure. Okay, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, why though? Ed McCaffrey, um, one, he's, I think he's a player's coach. Oh yeah. Players are going to play for him. He's a likable, and yeah. Ernest, like, the thing with him, like, Cody's met him, and then I know people who are really close to him and his family, who I'm not gonna mention. Um, but they they say he's a great guy. No, he's you know, a great guy. His family's great, his daughter's they, great. All there's a difference yeah. between being a great guy and a good guy. Well, here's, yeah, that's, what that's, that's what I was getting at. That's what I was getting at. What is like, first of all, he's a player coach. Everyone wants to play for Evan McCaffrey. He's a great guy. He also knows football, and it's going to light the fire under these guys at, at UNC to win games. I mean, McCaffrey Open. has more football experience than Adazio or Collins. Yeah. Because he's true. a three-time Super Bowl winner. Yeah, he knows, he knows what, what it takes to win. And he yeah. won't he won't stand for repetitive three intensities. He won't. He just won't. Oh yeah. Like, but he's a winner. There's yeah. a reason why his sons are all like they're all successful. Yeah. You know, like if you if you're not going to take what's his name? If you're not going to take his like own career, like, you know, into uh into consideration, you should at least take his son's career. Because yeah. who do you think was their first coach? You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. It was their dad. Yeah, it was their dad. Granted, they do have great genes, so. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah but like, you, I you mean, still I'm pretty sure teach the McCaffreys were born in the weight room. Like, I'm yeah. pretty sure Ed McCaffrey's like, all right, let's let's get the delivery set up in here and then put them on the bench press. <laughs> yeah, you, well, like, you, you, you guys do know that Christian's mom, so Ed's wife, was a NCAA um, world record and champion runner, sprinter at Stanford. Yes, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah, so I mean, like, okay, so the genes are there, but still, though, like, nobody, you could, you've all had that, you know, person in high school who was a fantastic athlete, but did not know what they were doing. Yeah. So, 
You know, no, exactly. You need the coaching. But yeah. They also have stability. I'd like to point out Adazio has gone 44 and 44 at Boston. Oh, no. And actually, there's some people that are. There's more skepticism from CSU fans surrounding Adazio's hire than there is skepticism surrounding UNC's hire. Oh, yeah. But well, I think we all love we, Our now. upgrade was ridiculous. Fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's, oh, yeah. Like as far as a jump goes, it's it's miles. But we started from the bottom, now we're here. Th there's That's a facts. season ticket yeah. holder from for CSU that has been quoted as saying very skeptical about the Adazio hire. Well, here's the yeah. thing: is like I think Adazio, sure he's a new coach, he's a new scenery, but he's no different than Bryce Bowen. Like they're the same coach. They're yeah. gonna get the same amount of wins. They're gonna do everything the same. See, that's what I was thinking. I feel like too. It's just it's a higher to match the new stadium and bring energy and put people in the stands. Mm -hmm. So I, as far as like a monetarily higher, it's a really good one, but so is Ed McCaffrey for UNC. Yeah. Uh, okay, so as it is, a lot of people, I mean, because I realize there might be people who don't know UNC like that or UNC football like that, but UNC has a root, like we have a great support from our community here in Greeley. Like the people come out, like they love this school and this team. Even when they're bad, like when they're <laughs> like, it says a lot when like they still pack the stands, you know, for a home openers and for like even games down the line. And it's crazy. Like, and they love the players too. Like okay. a lot of fans yeah. can name players on a first name basis well, and they the, know who they are. Here's the thing too, is I think UNC has some hidden talent. Like, I do. Yeah. I'm going to give a shout out to our boy Sam, Sam Flowers. Flowers. I think oh, yeah. if he doesn't, like, I think he's an NFL talent. I really do. And if he doesn't play in the NFL, he'll be a star in the XFL. That's fair. Yeah. Or CFL. Yeah, absolutely. The running head start. Yeah. So, I mean, like, Sam Flowers is a receiver that we know pretty well. Um, and he's he's a very, very talented athlete that should possibly – he'll definitely be in an NFL camp if, if I'm choosing that, you know? Like, I would have him in an NFL and, camp. And they, they got some good players, too. Like, Jay, he makes uh -huh. so many tackles every single game. <laughs> Hopefully he gets a little bit of a break because he plays safety and he shouldn't be having to make that many yeah, tackles yeah. every game. Well, here's the other thing. Besides – um, besides the like size wise, like Milo Hall is a phenomenal running back. Absolutely, like yeah. he would be a D one talent if he was just like forty pounds heavier and then two inches taller. He'd I say like, if we is go, is he a junior or a senior? He's a junior. He's, okay, okay. So yeah. for, for one yeah, more year. I was about to say if we went six and four, he might actually get some looks. Yeah, I mean, oh yeah, that's what, like yeah. you. I don't think because I mean Milo Hall was is a Colorado guy too as well. We watched yeah. him grow up. I played against him as well. Um, I personally think if Milo Hall is 40 pounds heavier and two inches taller, he's a Georgia running back. Ooh, really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, okay, I've seen him play too, though. Like, I mean, 40 pounds is a lot, so like, yeah, yeah. Know, keep that I, in mind. I know, <laughs> I know, but I'm saying like, if he is, if he was that size, he that's the talent he'd be playing at. He'd be yeah. playing at a Georgia school, which is where the best running backs go. Well, we know he's a talented. I remember watching that Washington State game, and of course, you know they don't have the best defense, but. You know, they're still a Division One school, right? They're still FBS. Yeah. No, you said they're still Division One. We were, we were just yeah. We were I'm just okay. Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we we're Division One. Okay. Listen, we're FCS though. We're still Division One. Yeah. But we're FCS, and they're you know Washington State's FBS. Milo Hall, he uh he, you know he he made he made that Washington State defense mm -hmm. look weak. So here's here's a good comparison so. for Colorado people of my age. Washington State has a running back named Max Borgie, with oh, Pomona. Yeah. And Milo Hall went to Cherry Creek. I would probably take Milo Hall over Max Ford. Really? Mm -hmm. 
That's an interesting. Yeah. Comp- I mean, I I haven't looked at the film at all. Yeah, I've seen more of Max Borgie than Milo Hall, mm-hmm. which is weird. Well, again, they grew up know. with me, so okay. So Milo Hall was a grade ahead of me, mm-hmm. and Max Borgie was two years behind me. So I saw both of them grow up, and I played against both of them, and I would take Milo Hall. See, look at the number of running backs that are coming out of Colorado. I know. Colorado too. <laughs> yeah. That's a uh, low key uh, something to keep in mind. Yeah. But, yeah. Okay. All right. Interesting. But is there anything else? Because I have the closing statement for this. So this topic. I'm just excited. UN- yeah, I'm excited too. But with UNC, do you think that they keep anybody on this coaching staff? <laughs> I wouldn't. I would clean house. Clean house. They all together because we took my. Maybe they keep the minds. Yeah, we kind of former head coach at offensive coordinator. Yeah, we made him a solid offer, and I think it might help because he was a on. candidate for head coach. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, he was. Too. Yeah, he was a great, you know, D was it D two? Yeah, D yeah, two coach. Cor- coach. Yeah, yeah. Struggled at Montana as a head coach, but I feel like he could be a good coordinator with McCaffrey there. Oh yeah, it might be. I don't know. I think I personally think he can be a coordinator, but I think he's just making the quarterback coach. Um, okay. <laughs> McCaffrey should call the offense. He really should. So. Okay. All right. That's fair. Well, we're we're looking forward to seeing yeah. you know who they hire and our uh, closing statement to um finish this topic out. We'll see what happens because in 2020, UNC plays or CSU. Ooh! You didn't even plan that. <laughs> but we're, I'm still taking Ed McCaffrey over whoever they got. You know, the I, dude I, guy. I think the now we have to go to the game, boys. I think UNC yeah, can actually win that game. Okay. Find us on the cycle <laughs> Facebook Live. So we will see. We will see. Yeah, we'll, we'll see about that. Second game of the season. So, end of September. I don't know what that exactly. But it's the end of September. CSU plays UNC. Okay. All right. Well. So. Yeah. Like we said, Ed McCaffrey got hired as the University of Northern Colorado's new head coach. (laughs) And you know we'll be going to his press conference tomorrow. Mm -hmm. All right. I'm next to wrap up the podcast. We'll we'll have some NBA talk. It's been a couple weeks. We should we should probably come back to it. So coming up next. Welcome back to the cycle. We got some NBA talk because we've neglected it for the past few weeks. And there's some big takeaways recently. Something I want to talk about that's outside of the obvious. We're going to start with the outside of the obvious. That should be a segment name. Sure. Outside the obvious. Sacramento Kings are back in the playoff picture. And they've been competitive for the past month after a really rocky start. They have really close games against the likes of the Celtics where they only lost by one. And they beat good teams, too, like the Nuggets and the Mavs and competitive against the Spurs. They beat the Rockets the other night. Have you noticed the, the Kings? I almost said the Spurs. But have you noticed the Kings low-key going off lately? Uh, I have because I was a Mavericks. I am a Mavericks fan, and they broke our five-game winning streak, which, like, I, at the time it made sense because we just beat, like, a bunch of good teams in a row, including the Lakers. But no, the Kings are... Uh... They're shaping up. We kind of knew that they'd take a step forward this year. It was just going to take time. And also, is the West weaker than we thought? What do you mean? I mean, the seven and eight seeds right now currently have losing records. Oh, really? Which Which is some. It's the Kings and the Suns. And below that, Oklahoma City, quietly just outside of the eighth spot. They're not tanking right. 
<laughs> We're not tanking right because Shy Gilgis Alexander Shay. is going to be Shay. Come on, you're the OKC fan. Okay, I know it's Gilgis. Okay, I've never heard someone say his name. I know who he is, though, which is the important thing. He's going to be a future star in this league. And the media is having too much freaking fun talking about Alex Caruso, whatever the heck his bald butt is doing. Uh, That's good okay. enough for me. But sure. and no one's talking about how OKC's young squad is quietly playing really well this year. This ball also had three blocks against the Kings, which is wild. This ball low key being a snitch this season though. Why he always be like he he fat like he always be. It's winning us games. Out. Ain't nobody like a snitch like that. Like play the game, bro. Hey, okay, C needs those needs those wins. And then in the East, there's only one team with a losing record in the playoff picture right now. Who is it? It's the Magic. Oh, interesting. So is the East better than the West? Uh, no, I don't think they're better. I think it's a little bit more balanced, though. You don't see as many super teams. Like, I think we all knew this going in, but there aren't really, uh, there isn't really a super team. I guess there are really good duos. I would say the Lakers are kind of the super team of the year. But it's just LeBron and AD, though. You but. say just LeBron and AD, but those are both top five players. Yeah, but the Nets are about to have Kyrie and KD. <laughs> Kyrie and KD. And I the mean, Mavericks, Katie's not going to be... He's out for this year. Basically. Oh, shoot. That's right. Well, the Rockets have Westbrook and Harden. Would you say Westbrook is a top five player? What do you mean? I mean, like in right the now? NBA. Yeah. Is Look, there... I... Listen, I am a Russell Westbrook stan. <laughs> I will admit it. But he's not a top five player in the NBA right now. I, mean, I haven't been paying attention to them either because my Mavericks have actually been good. I mean, basically, the top five players in the NBA right now, in my opinion, in no order, I'm not going to put an order on it so that I don't get burned at the cross or something, is like Anthony Davis, okay. LeBron James, okay. Giannis, okay. and then Harden. Oh, you, you, say, you, you want me to say Luka. Luka. You should say Luka. I was going to say Kawhi. Okay, okay, all I, right. I don't feel like it's that hot of a take to say Kawhi is better than Luka right now. Who has the better record? Um, the Clippers. What? Wait. Yeah, they're 19-7, and seven and they're the two seed in the West. What are we? 16-7. and seven. Okay, so we're right behind. They played three more games than us. What do you mean? What? They hey. still have the better record. Hey, bro. They played three more games. Luka yeah. doesn't leave. Wait, what? But what if... What if the Mavericks play three more games and lose two of those three games? Well, then we're not going to Then you guys are worse than the Rockets. <laughs> okay, yeah. Because there's definitely a point where the Mavericks were the two seed, like a couple of days ago. Yeah. So it happens. But I'm just... Okay, I'm, and it's, I'm not bashing... Okay, here's what I'm going to say. Because Simon wants me to... He wants to break my stuff. But anyways... I'm not, I'm not. I'm just making sure... It, so I'm not going to say that out loud. Go on. But... Luka Don Doncic. Doncic. I I always want to say Doncic. Me too. It's okay. There's but, a K in there. Yeah. It's European. So it's okay. European. All right. So <laughs> what were you saying? <laughs> he's having a phenomenal year, and I think he's an MVP candidate. Great. Because Kristaps is not playing that good. He. The rest of the Mavericks go aren't that good. No. Doncic is carrying players. the Mavs right now behind 30 and 40 point triple-double performances. And he's not 
Like, I feel like LeBron's triple-doubles mean less than Doncic's triple-doubles. Yeah, and that's fair. I think, uh, so I, I'm not going to say Porzingis hasn't, has been bad, you know? I mean, he still averages like 19 points, seven rebounds, and like a block a game, which is pretty good. <laughs> it's just he's not like where he, he was at before, and we all knew this. He's getting better every game, though. It's not like he's getting stagnant or whatever. Like, sometimes, like, you know, he has some I just setbacks. feel like he's hot and cold. Yeah. He's off some games where he shoots like 0 for 6 from 3, and it's like, what is he doing? I mean, we're feeding him too. Like, we're trying to build that confidence, so we're not going to give up on him, and I think that's the way to go. We knew this going in, though. I didn't think we knew that Luka was going to, like, go off, basically, and that, you know, Porzingis' you know, mediocre play to a degree would, uh, would not matter as much. But, you know, imagine when Porzingis is full, fully healthy. We'll be okay. We'll be more than okay, I think. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. Luka has been carrying the team. I looked this up. So if he wins MVP this year, he'll be the youngest MVP ever. Ever. If he wins it next year, he would still be the youngest MVP ever. So he has two years to do it. And I think he's going to get them in one of those years. And also, I think it's important to remember that narrative is really important when it comes to the MVP race, which is probably why it's hard for people to win it two years in a row. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. There's a reason why Russell Westbrook didn't win it two years in a row after he averaged another triple-double. Even though he probably should have. And it's it's also the reason that LeBron didn't win MVP like seven years in a row. That's true, too, because he should. Even though he's... <laughs> I mean, at that, people just get used to it. They take greatness for granted. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's Especially, like, basketball <clears throat> fans. I don't know what's up with them, but they always be doing that. Bro, you don't trust see me, that I'm on Twitter before. every day. It's horrible out there. <laughs> no, you, I see you on Twitter every day, and I just observe you. So, yeah, you're right, though. And, you know, my boy Jonah, because he has some strongly... Strong opinions. I love Jonah on Twitter. He <laughs> follow Jonah Radabaugh. I don't know what his ad is on Twitter, but he's always a good time because he has some very strong opinions. Yeah, he's a funny guy. Probably one of the best defensive players in the country, college-wise. So uh, keep keep your eye on him. Yeah. He's All played right. against top five talent. But anyways, I'll give you guys one more topic to talk about before we end the NBA. I want you guys. I know Cody. I know you don't like him that much. But just talk about Jason Tatum a little bit. Well, what about him? I mean, the Celtics. I mean, they've been okay. They've so, been playing really well. The Celtics are surprising me this year. Yeah, I thought after the whole FIBA one, it still leaves a bad like taste in my mouth. I mean, I'm still I mad that, that we did so bad at the World Cup. Yeah, they're not forgiven for that. Yeah, because that it was a Celtics score that led our international team, and we we played the worst pretty much ever. In the existence of our U.S. men's Olympian basketball teams. So, I mean, Jason Tatum, I still, it's hard, it's hard to say anything about Tatum because I feel like you know what you're going to get at this point, and he's not ready to take that huge step. And he's still kind of in the shadow, if that makes sense, because... Kemba. Yeah, Kemba. Because Kemba dropped 44 against the Pacers last night as of this podcast. They still lost. Because Kemba <laughs> airballed a three-pointer to try and win the game. Well, the other Celtics should be stepping it up. Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum. I mean, Jalen Brown had an 18-8-8 stat line in that game. That's that's good. What did Jason Tatum do? That's a good question. He didn't even appear on the bottom ticketer of Sports Center. Oh. So... 
that's how you know that currently the Celtics are beating the 76ers right now. But let's see. If this game was also in Indianapolis, let's see. Jason Tatum scored 16 points and was two for eight from three. That's not good. That's pretty bad. And I feel like Jason Tatum, uh, is Gordon Hayward, when he's healthy, should still be the starter at the three. He came back though. A couple of no, he he was back last night and then he got hit in the face. So oh, so is he out again? Yeah, he's out again. Oh, Gordon Hayward's a glass cannon. Hey, shout out to our boy AC, who's a big Celtics fan, by the way. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I think the Celtics team will be as good as Jason Tatum is. They're good right now, but if they want to be a contender, Jason Tatum needs to step it up. That's a big one. Oh wait, hold up. What about the Miami Heat? They've been on a heat yeah. streak. What man. about the Miami Heat? Hey, Simon, hey, hey, who didn't don't, even have the play What? <laughs> Simon, who didn't even have them. Did you even have them making the playoffs? No, because, okay, Duncan Robinson has been crazy. Like, he's he's been really good. He had his career high the other night. He had 31 points. Tyler, okay, for Hawks? Uh, yeah. Yeah, he shot 10 of 14 from three. It was something crazy. It was insane. Like he yeah. didn't miss. He made Trey Young look like a clown after he said it was over. Yeah. Was a minute left. That wasn't a good look. Um, yeah, 10 of 14 from three. And 34 points. Yeah, he went off. Bam out of bio. He's, he's kind of, you know, getting into his own right now. He's developing. He's there. He had a double. Was it a double-double or a triple-double? Um, two players had triple-doubles in that game, including Jimmy Butler. Who is that was one of the best offseason moves in my opinion. And I talked about this during our NBA preview. And I think he's proving it that, you know, barring the right atmosphere, Jimmy Butler is an elite talent in the NBA. Because Minnesota, he didn't like it there because he had to play with Andrew Wiggins. And Kat, who are both having better years this year than they did last year. But they're still on the outside looking in. They are. In the West. And then I feel like the 76ers just too had, had too many of the same guy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Because, no, I mean, Jimmy Butler, he can shoot threes, and he hit a game-tying three against the Hawks the other night, but it was his only three of the night. That's fair. So there's, there was just too many people who like to drive in Philly for it to work. But this is a good atmosphere for him because... The Heat are a team that are just kind of good at everything. And it's the Heat and the 76ers are both undefeated at home right, right now. I'm giving uh, some credit to Eric Spolster, too. Did a good job developing the players he had there between Bam. Tyler Hero as a rookie has been great, you know. And uh, you know Duncan Robinson, he's been there for a hot minute, too. So I'll give it up to Spolster. He's been, you know, we've all known him as someone who's been a consistent force of the Heat ever since the big three days. So I, I like it. I like what this Heat team is doing. I think they've really, like, Jimmy Butler is an Eric Spolstra type of guy. And then because of those two, like, everyone just gravitates around them and follows them. And I think that's not a bad thing. And no. So they'll be okay. Final question for NBA. Okay. Do you think that the Lakers or the Bucks can break the Warriors' 73-9 and record? No. I don't I think so. either of them. Because that's a hard record to come by, but also I don't think it's worth it. Especially for a team like the Lakers that needs to compete yeah. basically this year. Yeah. 
I'd rather have a reason than a record. Yeah. yeah. You just can't you just can't let AD and LeBron play that hard for that long. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's a concern. So the argument against the Lakers is sustainability mm-hmm. because their two best players are... We talked about this a few shows ago. They're playing a lot of minutes. Yeah. I think LeBron will be okay because he had a full offseason. I don't know about AD. He's, yeah. Like, his whole thing, like, he doesn't have a good injury history. And it's it's suspect, to be honest. So, at best, it's suspect. You know, at worst, it's extremely concerning. Yeah. Because has he even played 82 games? Ever? Has he played even like 80% of a season before yet? I don't even know. I don't know the numbers behind it, but I'm pretty positive he hasn't played 82 games. No, he's never played. Yeah. That's a really big concern for me. So well, what's, what's your argument against the Bucs? Um, I think there are other teams in the East that will catch fire soon here. Like around now, between now and January, before the All-Star break, I'm thinking the Pacers, because they're going to get... I don't think they've got an Oladipo back. No, have they? they still don't have yeah. Depot. But he's coming back soon. And they're playing really well. Yeah, they're still playing well. Look out him. for the Pacers. Yeah. They might be a dark horse like championship team. Yeah, they might come up. I think the honestly, I think the Raptors might have another gear left of them too that they could kick it into. Uh, we still got Miami, who's out there. Like we just talked about him. They're just they're going to continue to get better. Celtics, the Sixers. Celtics, Sixers. It is way more balanced this year. Yeah. Um. Here, hold up. What about the 76ers? There's there's something off about them. I mean, they're playing well at home. That's important. But other than that, there's something I mean, off about the. They faced some really tough teams though like to start it. this season. I mean, one of their losses is to the Nuggets in Denver on a buzzer beater from Jokic. I mean, at home. Okay. So and they face they've already faced the Celtics in Boston. I'm pretty sure. So you know those are those are just. Games that you might slip up on, and it's just like most teams. If the three ball isn't falling, then you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. Yeah, that's fair. All right. Um. Okay. I I don't know. I still kind of doubt the 76ers. Also, okay. This is the last topic. Well, okay. We gotta okay. talk about. Okay. 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 Yeah, we gotta talk about the Nuggets, though. I know y'all don't want to, but we need to, because I don't know if y'all saw this, but Jalen Rose or uh, whoever his partner is on that show, he said. I have a weak basketball men, uh, mentality, and so does Nikola Jokic. Okay. So, so I actually, there is an article about this on ESPN pretty recently, literally tile, titled, What is Wrong with Nikola Jokic? Yeah. Nikola Jokic. And I just, it may be one of those things where it doesn't matter right now. So oh. uh, we're, we're concerned. We've all, okay. We've always been concerned in Denver about Jokic's lack of hustle. Okay, yeah. But when we watched the playoffs, there was none of that concern. I feel like Jokic knows that the regular season doesn't matter as much for this Nuggets team. What I would be concerned about more that I'm not as concerned about Jokic because he still put averaging 16, 10, and 4. Sure. Which for anybody like if it wasn't Jokic, people would be like, wow, what a great season. And even against Boston, he had like a 30, 10, and 12 game. Yeah. So he shows that, yeah, he's an MVP caliber talent, and he does need to play harder more. But I feel like Mike Malone is going to get what he needs to get out of these guys. Because I don't know if you guys watched the 76ers game the other night, yeah. but 
Malone got a technical after throwing all of his papers on the floor, and then the Nuggets went on like a 37-20 run. We still, still lost. lost. But yeah. what I'm saying is that these guys are willing to play for Malone, and it's just, it's not about Jokic, it's about if Murray can consistently hit shots, which is okay. still a concern. Well, Especially since we gave them a huge extension in the offseason. Yeah, that's fair. I think y'all need to be careful, too, because we've talked about this a lot off camera. Or, sorry, off off, off the Microphone. record. Microphone. Yeah, off the <laughs> record. But um, this Nuggets team has been playing really up and down. You know what I'm saying? So if y'all are careful, you know, it happens to everyone. It happened to the Mavericks last year and, you know, in previous years before. But, like, if you're not careful with a young team... It could go on a really bad losing streak, and then it just starts piling up from there. I say, Peyton, the Nuggets team that we see after the All-Star break is the Nuggets team we're going to get for the rest of the year. Okay. So that's, I'm showing, I mean, I'm still frustrated that we're losing some of these games that we definitely shouldn't lose. Yeah. But we're still the fifth seed in the West behind great teams like the Lakers, the Rockets, the Mavs, and the Clippers. Like, those aren't bad teams to be behind. Okay. Well, we got to be careful of the ones coming up, too, like the Kings, the Trailblazers, um, the Suns. Wait, why are you shaking your head? I did not. Why? Oh. Because they're trash. (laughs) Got your boy Melo now. Hey, Melo is balling out. He won Player of the Week, even though he probably shouldn't have, but... That's true. They might even get better, because there's rumors that they're going to trade for Kevin Love. Or, like, Kevin Love wants to go to Portland. Good for him. He can go stink it up in Portland. The Mavericks will take Kevin Love. We'll give y'all Courtney Lee. How many big men do you guys need? We'll give y'all Courtney Lee and Dwight Powell. <laughs> Dwight Powell does not act on the court. Alright, anyways, that does it for the 14th episode of the Cycle 365. We hope finals went well for us, our listeners out there. I don't know how it went for us. <laughs> we are still waiting to find yeah, out. We'll, we'll see. But hey, you know, there's a lot of ups and downs or, you know, positives to look at. Hey, if we have to spend another semester here, at least we'll be able to watch UNC football. I'm already making I'm not plans. trying to think like that right now. Well, I have to consider it because of biomechanics. Anyways, that wraps up this episode. Show us some love on social media and uh, catch us next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.